Welcome to the Getting Simple Podcast. Getting Simple is about simplifying your life and doing less better. Hello everyone, my name is Nono Martinez Alonso and this is the first episode of Getting Simple. I've been meaning to get this podcast going for a while now, and I'm really excited to introduce this first episode. Before we get started, I'm going to give you a brief introduction of what Getting Simple is. So, Getting Simple is about simplifying your life, about trying to do less things, but do them better. And I understand it as a journey to a simpler and more balanced life. In the essays I write and publish on the gettingsimple.com website, I talk about specific aspects that I believe uh, can make our lives better. In this podcast, I'll interview people to see how certain ways of living improve their life quality and discuss with them uh, the impacts of the adoption of certain routines and habits in their daily lives. The first guest of the Getting Simple podcast is James Maloney. Uh, He's an old friend of mine from Sydney, Australia. And I happened to meet with him here in Cambridge, Massachusetts earlier this year. James uh, is a best-selling author, a motivational speaker, and a digital entrepreneur. And he believes that every person has a contribution within them to share with the world. And his goal in life is to empower people uh, with integrity, courage, drive, and ambition to start leading their best lives. He believes that this way uh, the world will become a better place for us all. So without further ado, let's start with the interview and I hope you enjoy it. Today is March 9th of 2017 and I have here with me James Maloney. I know, it's a pleasure to be here. Uh, James is an old friend of mine uh, and I wanted to take this opportunity to interview him to catch up and so he can let us know what he's been up to these last years. Yeah, it's, uh, it's a little crazy thinking back on when we first met each other, 2011 or 2012, so quite a few years ago. And I know a lot's happened in both of our lives since then. Uh, it's always nice to catch up with old friends and a pleasure to be here chatting um, for, with, your, with your guests. Okay, so uh, the first thing I would like you to say to our guests is uh, who you are and where do you come from? Sure. So my name is James Maloney. I was born in South Africa, but I've lived most of my life in Sydney, Australia. And what I really do with my life is, is look for the insights that I believe can help people change their life for the better. And that the way that I deliver that message is through writing, through public speaking, um, through any any type of means I can use to to reach the most people possible and to help them kind of help themselves. Because one thing that I've I've learned through my own journey is that it's very difficult to change people, perhaps impossible. The only way you can help someone change themselves or to improve their lives. Is to, is to get them to recognize that need for change and get them to kind of start walking that path themselves. So my whole philosophy is how can I help someone else start walking that, that path to a better life? Okay, 
Um, I know you've uh, written a book recently, but we'll talk about that uh, later. Um, so first, uh, just tell us a bit about your own interests or hobbies or things that you uh, like doing. Yeah, so I love I love learning. One of the things I try and do every day is to either read something inspirational or motivational or educational, uh, to watch a to watch a video in that sort of same vein, and also to maybe spend some time in person with uh, people who we can you know learn from or share ideas with. So that's that's one thing that I love doing. Uh, in terms of other hobbies, probably my favorite sport in the world is snowboarding. It's one of those things where I can just completely focus on that, take my mind off everything else, and it gives me massive, massive joy. Funny thing, I hate being cold, but I love being in the snow. It's just beautiful. allows me to relax. And then my real passion in life is just uh, seeing other people succeed, seeing other people take their life to the next level. Uh, and to do that, I obviously need to take myself to the next level, but my most fulfillment comes from seeing other people do better, do more. Okay. Um, I'm going to ask you a few questions also about uh, your work life. Um, I know that James' life uh, has changed in terms of work. Like you were working before. Massively uh, changed, yeah. You were working before at a firm. You were at yeah. a consultancy and you kind of decided to do some work on the side um, to then focus on on writing and publishing your own book and kind of uh, uh -huh. try to live a more entrepreneurial life, yeah. right? Um, so yeah, let, let talk about a bit about that. Great and, question, great question, because my work life has changed massively. After I finished university, I went and joined a management consulting firm, and that had me doing about... Uh, you know, at least 60 hours a week, sometimes up to 80 or 90 hours a week uh, in in the office. And you'd get in, I'd get in around nine, maybe leave 10 or 11 p.m. And that was just really a full-on schedule. Uh, after I left that job, I went into another strategy gig and I was doing similar hours. But the difference was that now I was doing about 50 for the for the business I was working for. And the others I was spending writing my book. And when I look at my first job where it was kind of 70, 80 hours of, hours of week and then my, my next job where it was still the same amount of time but I just I was doing different work, I was doing a bunch of hours for myself, <laughs> my happiness and energy just went way higher and I started understanding that you can work, um, you can work effortlessly. So you're still working hard but it doesn't take effort to sit down. Uh, it doesn't take a lot of effort. You can get into that, what, what we call flow quite mm -hmm. easily. And then all of a sudden, literally eight hours is gone. And you're thinking, I wish there was more hours in the day because I just want to keep going. And it's two in the morning and you don't want to go to sleep, but you know if you don't go to sleep, you're going you're gonna to pay for it the next day. So that was a really interesting shift to me. I'm like, wow, you can work hard, but it doesn't have to feel like work. And now, having left that job, I'm in a space where uh, I'm working far fewer hours, but every single thing I do is something that I want to do um, or related to a purpose that I'm, or, or related to my purpose. So there's, there's never going to be a job you do which has no boring tasks. Uh, that's impossible to, to achieve. But if you're doing a task and you know that relates to something important to you, it's a totally different mindset. 
And it's a real privilege, I think, to be able to work. Uh, you know, I say I work seven days a week, but I also say that I don't work a single day a week because I'm just doing what I love. And that's, that to me is a massive, massive privilege. It's also been a challenge because when you're your own boss, you need to motivate yourself. And if someone tells you that something's due tomorrow, that's ironically a lot more motivating than if you say to yourself something's due tomorrow because I can tell myself, oh, no, it's too hard or, yeah, that's that's too short amount of time. But when someone else tells you that, you, you try and make it work. So that's been an interesting challenge for me to overcome yeah, it's always uh difficult to fake the deadline yeah you know there's yeah, no deadline exactly. fake fake to. the deadline That's yeah, it's it. uh <laughs> it's a bit of so in terms of i mean you you shifted and one of the things that i always um i always tend to think in these terms when you have a, a work where you have to go to the workplace and do your hours uh, you have kind of this ritual that is established by your company. Yeah. Um, but when you go out of that, uh, you have to find your own flow, as you said. You have to find mm-hmm. uh, your own ritual, right? Yeah. You have to self-impose it or see what works better for you. And what things have you tried or experimented with? Or or if you have already, uh, what finally have you like settled down to, to yeah. kind of do daily in your work life? I've... Um... I've tried a couple things. You know, one thing I tried was getting up not super early, but pretty early, talking maybe 5.30. And I'd spend the first couple hours of the day doing a combination of meditation, reading, listening to audio, uh, a little bit of exercise. And then by the time, you know, 8 a.m. rolled around, I'd already done a whole bunch of what I'd call positive habits. uh, And then I'd kind of kick into work mode. And I found out that that did make my day more productive, but it was it was difficult. It wasn't exactly right for me. So now, uh, on the other end, on the other scale of things, I've also, you know, woken up a bit later and just spent the morning kind of not not chilling out, but uh, taking more time to myself and not being as productive as I could have been. And I know that that's also wasn't the right thing for me. So at the moment, what I'm experimenting with, which I think is going to be where I settle down in terms of my morning ritual, is where I get up in the morning, um, almost straight away, I put some kind of motivational or inspirational uh, video or soundtrack on, just listening on my phone or my iPod or whatever it is. And that will go for about 10 minutes, maybe five to 10 minutes. And that's all I really need to get into that positive space. And then I'm still working out how I'm going to incorporate my exercise routine into the day because I know that if I take the time to do 30 minutes to an hour of exercise, my productivity goes way higher. This is the other major learning I've had. Uh, when you've got, you know, when you've got a lot of time in the day and uh, you, you feel that you can actually work for, you know, 12, 15 hours, you actually are less productive than when you imp- than when you kind of restrict your work time. So for a little while there, I was working as hard as I could for yeah 12 to 15 hours a day. And now I'm far more productive today where I work half of that. And that's because um, of this law called Parkinson's law. So there's the Pareto principle and Parkinson's law. And these two together really can boost your productivity. Pareto principle says that um, 80% of your results come from 20% of your tasks. So that's identifying the value-adding tasks. 
And then Parkinson's law says that, um, paraphrasing here, a task increases in its difficulty based on the time you give it. So if you have six hours to do something, you're going to take six hours. But if you have one hour to do something, you're going to take one hour within reason, right? So it's, you can't say, I'm going to do this in a minute and, and get things done. Yeah, you, but, try, you try to push yourself more yeah. because you have a scarcity of time. It kind yeah. of Exactly. So when I, when I said to myself, well, I've got 15 hours of work today, all of a sudden things started taking a lot longer to do. But now I've restricted my work time in the day and I've, I've scheduled work time and I've scheduled non-work time. I'm getting the same amount done. But, but far more quickly. But it's, 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 a, it's a trial and error thing for me still right now, still working on it. Okay. Yeah, I know uh, Cal Newport in his book, uh, Deep Work, mentions how um, you need to have a roadmap of what you want to do on the day and set a specific framework of how many hours every day you're going to work. Like, say, you have, if you say you're going to stop working at 5 p.m., yeah. um, it really enforces you to get stuff done that you need to do that day or exactly. that important. Um, I wanted to ask you uh, to elaborate a bit more on those, the motivational mm -hmm. uh, soundtrack that you mentioned. Yeah. I mean, there's, there's not too much to elaborate. I literally go to YouTube and I'll type motivational video and I'll just find one that I haven't seen before or sometimes one that I have watched before, but just was a good one. And all it really is, is just someone with a really high energy talking to you at a time in the morning, which for me, I've got low energy. I'm typically what I'd call, you know, a night person. I find I'm more productive at night, but I'm trying to, trying to switch that around to do more in the morning. So when, when I get that, that energy coming from a much higher level, it helps me switch out of the state that I'm in. And, you know, it's, you you do the the getting the getting simple podcast and the blog and I really really like that message because oftentimes we make success way more complicated than it is. So get out your phone, type in motivational video, watch the first video that pops up within five to ten minutes. That's all it takes for me to get into a way more productive state. Okay, so uh, let's talk a bit about your book. So yeah. uh, James wrote, um, published The Art of Success um, recently. June 21 was when it came out, which was, uh, I think, a week after I left my, my old job to kind of focus full-time on, on this book. And it's, it's a bit of a funny story how it started because I was literally lying in bed one night, just about to drift off to sleep, and an idea popped into my head to write this, to write a similar book to this. And I had a decision to make, you know, do I get out of bed and write this idea down or do I go back to sleep? And you tell yourself you write it down in the morning, but that never happens. So it was really, do I write this idea down or do I not write this book? And <clears throat> I decided to get up out of bed, write it down. And I can tell you the book today is very different from that first idea. But if I hadn't gotten out of bed that day, this book wouldn't wouldn't have existed. And what it what it what it really is 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 a collection of of the best philosophy, the best practical ideas about success that I've come across from over one hundred what I call exemplars, dating back a couple thousands of years to the likes of Marcus Aurelius and Socrates and Seneca all the way to some more um, fresher faces like Richard Branson 
Oprah Winfrey and some of the kind of modern exemplars of today. Okay, um, I'll add the a link to the book and some notes to the to the show notes. Great. And we're gonna go through a round of short questions or quick questions. Okay. You can, I mean, you can take as much time as you want to to answer them. We can skip some, or you can kind of make up your own. Nah, <laughs> um, bring them on. Uh, what have been your biggest aha moments? My biggest aha moments. Good question. One of my biggest ones recently was realizing just the the potential of the internet in terms of how you can how you can impact people at scale. So before the internet, if I wanted to have a positive impact on people from different countries and continents, different parts of the world, and in particular, you know, hundreds of thousands, millions of people, that was a significant challenge. But today with the internet, if you've got the capital, I can reach people from, you know, over 200 countries and I can impact thousands, tens of thousands, hundreds of thousands, millions of people all around the world. And just understanding that power, which we all have access to. I mean, we're, we're all walking around with some sort of smartphone and that's that's really all you need to tap into that uh, once you've set up a few other systems. That to me was, was a big aha moment. Uh, one of the other aha moments I had was uh, one day thinking about kind of my financial tra trajectory and I was looking at where I wanted to be you know, in my 30s and my 40s in terms of wealth. And I didn't want to wait until I was in my 50s or 60s or 70s to have a, have a you know, substantial amount of wealth to be able to enjoy life. The question I asked myself for a while was, how can I accelerate that change? How can I, how can I um, have more at a younger age so that I can enjoy it in more of the prime of my life? And one of the aha moments I had was, if I stay in my corporate career, then I may be able to earn high six figures, potentially low seven figures, but only by the time I'm kind of in my, my late thirties at the earliest, like early forties. And that's if you're, you know, a superstar. So my aha moment was the path I'm walking down is not going to meet my goals in terms of where I want to be in the next 10 years and the next 15 years of my life. So th those are two two of the the bigger aha moments I guess I've had. Okay, and you you mentioned uh, your smartphone. So I wanted to ask you um, what is your relationship with your electronic <laughs> devices, right? Like what what devices do you use? Love hate uh, love hate relationship. I love the fact that you're connected um, you've got so much power in the phone, but I hate the fact that it distracts me. And obviously that's not the phone's fault. That's my fault. So I need to find a better way to manage my devices so that they serve me rather than, uh, distracting me in a sense. And that's just something that I've been trying to work on for a little while and haven't quite got there. But the purpose of technology is to, you know, all is in my mind is to, to be augmented with 
our human skill sets that we can do more and be more and have a high quality of life. Yeah, I always uh, like to raise the a quote uh, by Sherry Tarko uh, that she mentioned that we're never... Uh, Sherry Tarko is a researcher from MIT. Okay. Um, Just she, around the corner from, yeah. from where we're filming this. <laughs> oh, yeah, we're actually here in Cambridge. Um, so she always mentions that we never get re- we're never getting read of email or any other uh-huh. like instant messages or all these technologies and because she compares it to food that she mentions that we need to have a healthy relationship with email yeah uh, but we we will never get rid of email so it's more up to how do we treat uh, this this element right the, the email yeah. or our smartphone and how we deal with it um do you use any other devices do you have like a ebook reader kindle or like laptop that you bring with you yeah so i take my laptop everywhere i go these days and that's because i work from there um at home and i also work from there on the go i've got an ipad which i don't use as much as i should i'm a bit old school with my reading in the sense that i like to carry books around so i've got about five books in my bag which I've been flying uh, between New York and Chicago, Boston, uh, Dominican Republic with just on this last trip. Whereas I probably should just have the iPad and and uh, and take that along. But I love to get a pen out. And I love to write in my books because it just helps me uh, get more from it. And talking about books, uh, what's the book uh, you've given the most as a gift that is not yours, your book? <laughs> <laughs> Good question. There is uh, the book I've probably recommended the most is is a small book by this guy called Mortimer Adler and he he was the, uh, the 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 chief editor of the Encyclopedia Britannica you know a couple hundred years ago and his book is called How to Read a Book and I I primarily read nonfiction I probably should read a bit more fiction in my life just to help with that you know creative processes but. I mainly read nonfiction, and if if you're reading a lot of nonfiction, the first book you should read is How to Read a Book by Mortimer Adler, because he just explains how you can get more from the books that you're reading and how to read it in a bit more of an efficient way. So that's 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 the book. Okay. Um, what is something you believe that other people think is insane? Something that I believe that other people think is insane. I honestly believe that every single person on this planet has massive potential and that they're here to make this world or they've got a they've got a contribution that can make this world a better place. And I think I could be wrong, but I have a feeling that most people don't have that belief, um, that strong belief in humanity, but that's something that I'd hold close. Yeah. Okay. Who's the first person who comes to mind yeah, when I say the word success? Good question. So when you said that, the first person who came to mind was Richard Branson, but I wouldn't... Um, yeah, he was the first person who came to mind, but the way that I think about success these days is that uh, it's really difficult to tell if someone's genuinely successful because... I don't know Richard Branson's personal life. I don't know what goes on in his mind. I don't know what, how his relationships are with his family, with his spouse. Now I'm sure they're with in Branson's sake. I'm sure they're amazing. But the point is that I don't know, so I can't make an accurate assessment of his life, and therefore I can't really know if he's 
genuinely successful. So he was the first person who came to mind, but right, like at the moment in my life, I run on the philosophy that it's really difficult to tell. And a billionaire, there are far more billionaires in this world than there are people who have a genuinely successful life. I mean, it's, it's very rare. Do you... Okay, can you explain a bit, like, uh -huh. what, why you think Richard Branson is successful? He... I don't know, I look... When I, when I look at someone, I like to look at their face. And I, I look at... Face can tell a lot about somebody. It can tell a lot about how stressed they are, how happy they are, how healthy they are. And especially a genuine smile. When you see a genuine smile... It, uh, it tells a lot about, about the person. So just in case anyone is, is um, wondering, Richard Branson, you know, he's obviously founded uh, the Virgin Group. And from that, there's, you know, music labels, there's airplane, um, or, uh, there's airlines. And he's a very well-known uh, English entrepreneur. And I think he does... He does a lot of good for the world, but just when I see him, he's he's always in a really. It seems like he's always in a really good place, and he's doing something he loves. He's doing something he believes in. I don't think he thinks that he works a single day in his life because he's just doing. Uh, yeah, he's doing what he loves. So those things all, I guess, come to mind. What advice would you give to your twenty, thirty, and forty-year-old self? Well. Uh, Good question, seeing as I'm not 30 or 40 just yet, but um, it actually is a really interesting question because if I could go back and redo things, I'd probably do a lot of the same things that I've done. And that's because I think you need a certain maturity before you start, or you need a certain maturity to discover the path that you really want to walk down in life. And you need some basic fundamental skills as well to be able to walk that path so when i went into the corporate world and you know from my time in university i developed some fundamental skills around self-discipline around work ethic around social skills uh some gen some general business skills how to how to present how to create a formal document those types of things how to run a meeting and that that stuff doesn't come easily to everybody. It didn't come easily to me. So learning that, learning those basic skills was really important uh, for me where I am now on my journey. So to my younger self, I would my advice would be read more. Just read more. What purchase of $100 or less have positively impacted your life in the last six months? Great question purchase of $100 or less in the last six months. What have I bought for $100 or less? I think, uh, I don't know if it's had the biggest impact on my life, but I remember it. I was in Sydney Harbor at uh, this place called Circular Key, maybe five months ago. And for some reason, I was just walking past the buskers and there was this, there was this old guy playing the piano. It was a keyboarder, not a piano. And uh, for some reason, I just had this massive urge to, to give him $50. And, you know, I, 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 I put money into the buskers every now and then, but it's normally like a dollar or $2, maybe five, I'm feeling generous. So I've never, I'd never done 
um, anything like as big as that. And I just had this, this urge to do it. So I stopped and I decided to kind of listen to that feeling. And I walked over to the guy and I took out my 50 bucks and I put it in and he kind of looked at, looked down. Then he looked up at me, then he looked down again. And then he had this massive smile on his face and he, um, and he, you know, stretched out his hand and, and shook my hand. And then I just went and sat down and listened to the music for a while. And what you realize is that to get massive fulfillment, it actually doesn't cost very much. Um, so I spent much more than $50 that week on a whole bunch of other things, which didn't really add, a, add massive value to my life. But that small, simple act of kindness is something I, I still remember now, obviously, five months later. And it wasn't very expensive in the grand scheme of things. Do you have any... Uh go to bed rituals like, or, or at least <laughs> intentions that you try to do every intentions. day? Intentions. I try to not have my phone around, but I've been failing at that. I'm trying to get better sleep. So I try to wear as lame as it sounds, but I'm all right because if I can increase my sleep quality, that massively improves my, my productivity the next day. And it's just, um, you know, it's just an ongoing effect of better sleep, better productivity, more fulfillment, etc. So. I wear an eye mask sometimes when I can help it just to have, have a, you know, more that darkness. And I've uh, been looking for an alarm clock to get, so I don't need to have my phone, but if I can get rid of my phone and I can get better quality sleep, those are only the really, the two things that I really care about. Now, something interesting that Tony Robbins mentioned and a couple other successful people guy by the name of Chet Holmes as well is they used to listen to audio tapes when they went to sleep. Uh, I don't know exactly what they're listening to. I think Chad Holmes, it was his own recording of his own voice, kind of telling him that he was good enough to succeed in a general sense. Tony Robbins, I don't know if it is himself, but maybe just some inspirational things. But I did that for a little while. And I, I'm now that we've had this conversation, I might start doing that again because few people realize just the power of your subconscious to help you achieve your goals. It's been one of my big learnings around goal setting because a lot of my background has been con like, you know, work hard, consciously, good work ethic, set your plans up, etc., etc. But there's massive power in communicating to your subconscious what you want to achieve. And this is when ideas kind of pop into your mind. Like, my book I mentioned, that was an idea that popped into my mind about a book to write. Now, that was that, that was a result, I believe, because I had been thinking about, you know, how can I impact more people in my life? How can I have a positive impact on this world? And that was that was a, in a sense a goal that I was communicating to my to my subconscious. And then this idea comes out. So there's there's massive power in that that not a lot of people really understand. And it's not talked about as often enough, I think. Yeah, it's interesting what you mentioned before also. It's it's in weird moments that we're doing other things and when we're like yeah. letting your mind do nothing that, uh -huh. that these things pop out. So it's it's kind of complicated to remember them later or like to see the value yeah. later if you don't write it down. Uh -huh. I can't believe that. Um okay, another question I had what's what's your favorite food? Favorite food? I've got a bit of a sweet tooth, which I blame my grandmothers for both of them. They both have a sweet tooth. So I love a, a good cheesecake. 
I absolutely love a good cheesecake. And if I was going to do, uh, I guess like maybe a, a real meal, not a dessert, then it would have to be maybe, maybe a homemade, uh, a, a meal my mother used to make called, um, pasta a la mama, she used to call it. And so it was, it was, uh, some I can't even remember maybe linguine or something but then then with some eggs and some really nice alfredo sauce I don't even know what she put in it but that was that was just a nice kind of winter meal yeah. I try to eat healthily though I do try to <laughs> eat healthily which just comes down to portion size get your vegetables uh yeah and keep it simple and what is the the place the city country or uh, like the place that has most impacted you great question I've had the fortune of traveling quite a lot, uh, not much through Europe, but a lot in the Americas, so Canada, USA, Central, South America. And the more and more I've traveled, the more and more I've realized how special home is. So Sydney, Sydney in Australia uh, is a place which is very close to my heart. And that's now that's that's the place that's had the biggest impact on me because you realize wait you've got your base you've got your friends you've got your family you've got a little bit of consistency you know you need variety but you also need consistency and when i'm traveling around the usa i get to meet some old friends like you nono which is amazing but when i walk down the cafe when i walk down to the cafe down the road uh, again i meet some nice people but it's a shorter interaction it's not a real connection And that's one of my values in life is, is having those deeper connections with people. So being somewhere for a longer period of time allows me to have that. Okay, um, we're almost finishing here. Um, it was a pleasure to, to have you here. It was my pleasure, Nono, really. It was a surprise that you kind of popped in, in Cambridge <laughs> at this time of the year. Um, I just wanted to ask you one last question is, uh, where can people find you online or how can they uh, see your book or see yeah. your resources? And Well, you can head to jamesmaloney.com uh, and that's M-E-L-O-U-N for Nelly, E-Y.com. And if you just go to Amazon or Apple or Kobo or any of the major online places and just type in the art of success, James Maloney, that'll come up um, hopefully near the top. <laughs> It will come up near the top. There's okay. not a lot of James Maloney's out there. So are you also on social media? Yeah, social media. So Instagram, Twitter, Facebook, just search James Maloney. On Instagram and Twitter, my username is J Maloney, just the letter J. And you should be able to find me pretty easily on that. And then on YouTube as well, you can put in James Maloney. I'll be on there too. Okay, we'll put that on the, the show notes. Um, yeah. Pleasure to have you. Well, thank you so much, Nono, and uh, look forward to the next time we can chat, maybe in Cambridge, maybe somewhere else in the world. Well, so that was the first episode of the Getting Simple podcast. You can visit gettingsimple.com forward slash podcast, and you can see a set of links of things we've talked about in this episode. You can join Getting Simple at gettingsimple.com forward slash subscribe. Thanks a lot for listening and see you in the next episode.